Welcome to Real Talk for the Nonprofit Event Pro, powered by Beyond, where we dive heart first into all things events in the nonprofit world. Hi, I'm Amy Milne, your host and CEO of Beyond and the Nonprofit Event Collective, where we believe that your events matter. You're not just hosting an event, you're inviting people to join you in changing the world. We're here to talk tricks of the trade and share tales from the trenches so you can produce epic events that inspire participants, raise more money, and change lives. Let's dive in. I am beyond grateful to welcome Nadia Chumi, founder and CEO, New Hope Media, to Real Talk for the Nonprofit Event Pro podcast today. Nadia is on a mission to ensure nonprofits engage with the media with an eye to boosting their fundraising efforts and deepening their impact within the community. Nadia has an extensive career in media as a reporter and video journalist for some of Canada's leading news outlets, and she is someone you are going to want to listen and learn from when it comes to getting your nonprofit story told. You are going to want to take notes today. It's time to get real. Nadia, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Amy. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, I'm like, I'm so excited to have met you. I met you through our friend Jennifer Sign, who was a mentor and a coach to me, and she's also a fellow media colleague, I'm sure, of yours. And I think, did you get coached by her as well? Were you, is that how you met her? No. So Jennifer and I are LinkedIn friends. You know, we we met on the platform. And just because of what I post and what she posts, we started popping up in one another's feeds and then connected on LinkedIn. And yeah, we've been in touch ever since. We have yet to have that virtual coffee that she and I have talked about. She's in Toronto. I'm based out here in in Metro Vancouver. So we've never met in person, but she's such good people. Oh, she's amazing. She's amazing. I'm so grateful she introduced us. And so please share with the good human listeners why you're here today. Who are you? Tell us all about you. Yeah, yeah. So my name is Nadia Chumi. I spent 17 years as a journalist traveling across Canada. I was born and raised in Toronto, worked in Newfoundland, Edmonton, Calgary, Kitchener Waterloo, and now and then out in Vancouver. Work for all the all three of the major networks. Started cool. out in community television. Loved doing news, and I was always a general assignment reporter. So I was the go-to girl for you name it, everything. I've done traffic, weather. I've done you know crime, education. I've done court, everything, all, all the beats. So I say that I know. A little about a lot. I'm great at parties. But so, uh, yes. <laughs> although pinning beginners, like yeah, for sure. <laughs> parties would be good. Although I was just gonna say, I don't know if you'd be at a party soon. You're about to have your second baby. So, you know, but yes. Okay, continue. Yeah. <laughs> All the beats. Yeah, not no parties for me anytime soon. But <laughs> but you know, I'm a conver- yeah. you know what it is like, you know, I'm a yeah. I'm a conversationalist just because we Love it. We spent so much time. I spent so much time, you know, learning about different things and different people, different situations. And so I, I don't know if there's anything I haven't heard. Like nothing, nothing really throws you anymore after 17 years. It's like, For sure. I don't know what you can say to me at this point that's really going to, you know, that's really going to throw me off. But it was a wonderful career. And over the course of that career, I had a lot of opportunities to work with or do stories about nonprofits. And so I would interview them and, you know, tell their stories, whatever it was that they were doing. 
But I noticed for a lot of nonprofits that they would struggle with, yeah, you know, their consistent storytelling. I noticed that they struggled when it came to engaging with the media or maintaining a relationship. They might just have one, they might just do one big thing and, and fizzle out. Or we get press releases from organizations. And honestly, like sometimes it would just, it would miss the mark. Like you'd see that press release and you're like, okay, this is why it's not, maybe there's a story in there, but I just don't have the time. Right. You know, to, to, to sift through that and figure out exactly what is going on here. So I, you know, kept all of that perspective, you know, to myself. And of course I was, I volunteered for a lot of nonprofits, led nonprofits, still lead nonprofits. I'm, I'm the executive director of the Canadian Association of Black Journalists. So, oh, cool. you know, nonprofits are, are close to my heart. But when I left in 2020, shortly before I left in 2021, mm-hmm. I left news, I should say, in 2021 to, have, to, to go and work for a nonprofit and have my first child. <laughs> about a year or so, maybe about a year and a half or so before, I just felt like I had this divine download about mm. this, this company, you know, about New Hope Media. And it was actually a time when I was up in the morning early. I was in prayer and meditation. And I just felt like, yeah, I just felt like I had this divine download. This, this, yeah, one of these, one of those ideas from about that. It's just like, there's no way I could have come up with this myself. I don't know why I would want to go into this. Other folks discouraged me from doing it and suggested, (laughs) you know, we're nonprofits in this way. I don't know if there's the business there. I don't know if there's really something that she can do there but but somehow you know I just knew that this was this was the path for me so I registered the business I registered New Hope Media and I just kind of left it and it wasn't until 2021 when I felt I just felt this nudge like I, mm-hmm. <laughs> I felt this nudge like God was saying oh no it's time it's time like it's time the universe is you know? literally tapping you on the shoulder like the I, universe is like I got you and so I I started. I just started posting on LinkedIn. There was no there was no strategy beyond, you know, getting on LinkedIn and telling people or teaching people in my circle about what it means to do nonprofit engage nonprofit media engagement and how you should do that and what that looks like. And that has since blossomed from, you know, teaching folks to or posting daily, I should say to a lot of the people who read my posts becoming clients and those clients getting media, seeing the traction in their organizations and just having this wonderful opportunity to empower a lot of marginalized or or nonprofits that serve marginalized groups, you know, in the storytelling and the work that they do. And it really became also an extension of the work that I was doing in my full-time job before I went away mm-hmm. on mat leave, I, I was at the Union Gospel Mission doing media relations and communications with them. But since I've been on back-to-back mat leaves yeah. <laughs> with another one, right? Yeah. Consulting has kind of been carrying me through, especially the second mat leave. Consulting has been carrying me through and keeping me fresh, keeping right. me kind of, you know, keeping me in the loop. And honestly, sure. I've been loving it. You know, it's been wonderful. It's been a great experience meeting with so many nonprofit leaders, many of them, many of them Black women, actually, mm-hmm. who are doing amazing work in, in the community, but just need that, 
extra support. They just need mm-hmm. that extra bit of, of guidance about how to work with the media in a way that gets them beyond, hey, this is what we're doing to this mm-hmm. is why we're doing it. Oh, I love that transition. I love, I mean, I'm a huge why fan. I, I just, I think we miss it so often and, you know, nonprofits, I think when we're living in it, it's like what we're doing. It's like, we've got to tell people this, this, and this, but it's like, but why? And then what do we want them to do with it once they hear it? And if you don't have the why, then in my opinion, you can't really have the what. And so I want to unpack so much of this because when you're, you know, like you and I chatted briefly before we press, press record is that I think sometimes there's people just think that big nonprofits are the ones where I think, you know, there's less of the big nonprofits and there's more of those medium to small size. And I think media is so, and PR and such is like this almost anomaly. It feels fancy, right? As soon as you're on TV, you're like, well, I could never be on TV. And how do, and all of a sudden these walls are put up and we could never get there, but it's important to the mix and you can get there with the support of someone like yourself and your agency, but also it's so important that they get there with their why. And I would love, you know, what we started to talk about and because obviously this is events, but it's also on on profit is I think where a lot of people start and you confirmed it is that I've got this big event. And so I've got to tell the media about it. And so take us through where like, that is a sacred cow, but like, talk to us about what really should be happening. Yeah, that's exactly where most of the nonprofits start that I work with. Mm-hmm. That's that's where their mind is at. We've got this big thing coming up and we really want to get more media attention around it. But, you know, they, and, and listen, the events are always great, whatever mm-hmm. they're doing, whether it's an expo, whether it is a new program that they're launching, you know, whether it is, you know, something that they're doing in the, in the community, it's always great. But if everything to do with your communication strategy hinges on just that one event, then we're not in a healthy place as mm-hmm. an organization. Because if COVID taught us anything, when that one event is mm-hmm. hijacked by a pandemic, suddenly you can't hold it. So then why are you engaging with the media? You still need to engage with the media. Mm-hmm. And it has nothing to do with that event. You need mm-hmm. it because of the people you serve. You need it because the people you serve need help. And people don't understand the challenges that they're facing. You're the one, you're the voice that is out there telling that story and advocating for them. But all this time, you've only been thinking about that one event. If COVID taught us anything, right. we've got to get past events. And start mm-hmm. talking about the why. Why do we exist as an organization? And then develop the strategy around that. So a big part of what I do is just kind of shifting their mindset mm-hmm. away from that. And then we start to talk about, well, you know, why Why do you do what you do? Why mm-hmm. does this organization exist? And then we talk about the people that they serve, the challenges that they're facing. How are we advocating around the solution? Do we have data that speaks to the situation that the people that you're serving are facing? Can we tell data-based stories, which are such powerful stories and journalists love them. They work great on every platform. Data-based Really? Talk about that. Like people are always like, people think in the nonprofit se- sector, especially that 
like data is boring. Like we use it to figure out who to email and stuff, but data, tell us a bit more about that. I love it. No, data is great. When you are serving such a a large group of people, you do Mm -hmm. have, of course, some data that's private, but there's some data that tells a story about the people that you serve. There is data that indicates, you know, how employment or unemployment rates are affecting them. There's data that indicates how inflation might be affecting them. There is data that indicates what is happening in terms of the shelter that you're running. Mm -hmm. And you can extrapolate that and find out, you know, what that could mean, you know, in the broader context within the community. Mm -hmm. One of the organizations that I work with, they help Black women in business, particularly entrepreneurs and, and small business owners. So when we look at the numbers of Black women in business, that tells a story because the numbers are so low. So in in that number, we thought we we are able to start to tell a story or even develop more narratives around, well, why is the number so low? Where is the support missing? Where are the gaps? You can tell so many stories and advocate around solutions just based on the data that comes from the people that you serve. So it's great. It's not boring. And from mm-hmm. a journalist perspective, the moment they see, I don't know, you know, 29% of, of Black mm-hmm. women, you know, were, 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 you know, unable to get a loan or, right. you know, some kind of, some yeah. kind of crazy number or some kind of data that points to whatever the situation is that you're advocating around, that will get their attention. It does all the time. It does all the time. And especially when you've got the research to back it up and you've got the voices to back it up. I just got shivers with that. Like I literally just got shivers. Like the numbers, the people and the cause like that, like that's gold. I mean, we could just drop the mic right now, but we're not going to. I love that because I think like, I love that. I literally have chills because I think what one of the things, and obviously it's what you do and you live in it is that there are so many stories inside our nonprofits and inside why like inside the these this these entities but the nonprofits don't often pick they sometimes pick the stories that's important to them and not the, picking the stories that's important to the population and i think you started to unpack that when you talk about like there's so many stories in the numbers like that now makes me me as an audience member stand up and go what do you mean it's only 20 why why is it the 29 percent of Black women can't get a a loan, but I can. Like, so how do I help that? Like, to me, and I think that's why I got shivers as you spoke is I all of a sudden, just even in your story, I was like, I got rallied. Like, I I was like, I can, I got to, I got help. And so in that way of telling that story, but I, so it's so important. So the data-driven stories, and you just said that the, the media needs to hear it. So how do you get the media's attention? How do they take you know, they listen to you right now and they've learned, they're like, oh my God, I've got data. I can find my why. How do I then get to the media? Yeah, that's a good question. So for small nonprofits, I talk to them a lot about building relationships. And, you know, when we talk about building relationships with the media, it's something that you do in season and out of season. It can't just be, you know, I come to you when I have, when I, when I need something. There's right. got to be this relationship that you are fostering all year round, whether it is that you're following on social media, whether it is that you're engaging with the content that they post, whether it is that you are developing a relationship with 
with you know your local paper or lo- the local TV station, letting them know regularly about the the kind of work that you're doing. It's always best when you have that relationship because then when you go to pitch, it's not a cold pitch. You know, right. you're not pitching to a stranger. You're not just sending a press release to that general info. You know, at at you know whatever newsstation.ca, but you're actually <laughs> sending it to a person. <laughs> Who knows something about your organization, someone whom you trust, someone who you know will tell the story of your organization in an effective way. So I really encourage nonprofits, even if it's just one reporter somewhere within your within your community, even if it's just one reporter to develop that relationship. I'll give you an example, please. So one nonprofit that I work with in Ontario we worked, I worked with them, you know, to develop their media relations and develop a communication strategy. And then we started pitching, you know, just pitching to the local paper. And honestly, the local paper picked up all of the stories that we pitched to them to the point now where it's the paper that reaches out to them, you know, to find out what's happening within their organization, the work that they're doing. Maybe there's a story that we can tell that we've missed. That's what this is all about. And especially when we talk about those community newspapers, they're looking for the content. They're looking for those unique stories. You've got them. And so as you develop that relationship and they start to see, hey, like there's, you know, this organization is doing great things and the impact as you're communicating impact, then they know if I'm looking for a story, and reporters are always looking for a story, if I'm mm-hmm. looking for a story, I can give this organization a call and just say, hey, you know, what? And you know that that content sells, people are listening to it because that's right, because it's a two way exchange. Like you said, building a relationship is so important. And we're in the business of that in the nonprofit sector. I think, well, all business, anybody who's in business is in business of relationships. Right. I just yeah. think we forget it and it gets forgotten a lot. And, you know, it's, I think it's also interesting to when you talk about community newspapers, because I, you know, you want to be on the, like you said, you've worked for all the top channels, but there's all these other news outlets and ways. So what are some of the outlets that you find can be super successful for small nonprofit, small to medium-sized nonprofits? So I always encourage organizations to think big, start small. So start with where you are, start in your community, start with the smaller newspapers, even start with podcasts. Those are great Mm -hmm. because there's so much that you can do with them in terms of, you know, piecing up the content and sharing that on your social media channels. Mm -hmm. You know, that long form content gives you an opportunity to, to really elaborate and add context to the work that you're doing. And those non-traditional forms of media are, are just, I mean, how many people listen to podcasts now on a, mm-hmm. not just on a weekly basis, on a daily basis, right? So mm-hmm. there's a whole untapped audience there that you can get at if you take those those non-traditional routes. I also mm-hmm. encourage them to look at some of the ethnic newspapers or ethnic radio mm-hmm. stations because they're also telling great stories. And I've learned working at the larger stations and sometimes the larger stations when they're looking for story ideas, look in those little community papers mm-hmm. and those ethnic papers. You might get picked up just because you were you were featured in in one of those smaller publications mm-hmm. and then keep on building from there as you are building your portfolio of you know the the kind of media that you're getting you start small you start with the podcast you start with the community newspapers and as you continue to do press releases and pitches always 
you know, you're going to keep on wanting to pitch Mm -hmm. bigger and bigger, build more and more relationships, use the media that you've already gotten to attract Mm -hmm. new media to or new media attention to your organization. So it's really about just, you know, keeping keeping that building going. Similar story with another organization that I was working with. They started small, you know, started with the community papers, started local. And then eventually they got featured, they got, they got an interview spot on one of the national networks, you know, for the work that they were doing. And they were just, again, this was just, you know, we were building, we were building Mm -hmm. their, their media portfolio and it worked. It was a great interview actually. Oh, good. That's so cool. And then, so how do you, so I have a couple like more, you know, tactical. So who, who should be speaking? So I've, you know, I've pitched the story and, and who in a nonprofit work, who should be speaking? Who becomes the spokesperson or the media interviewee? That depends. Yeah, yeah. No, that's a great question. That depends. I think so often, especially when we're talking about small organizations, that there there's no comms team, there's no media relations right. person. It's <laughs> usually just, you know, the exec or a program director, for example. Right. So I would I would say in terms of, you know, putting up a spokesperson. Absolutely. For the small organizations, you know, mm-hmm. start there, get the media training. That is something that I love to do. And I think it's so important for small organizations do some media training so that you feel comfortable in front mm-hmm. of the camera, comfortable, you know, doing interviews, pivoting if you have to. But for as we get into the midsize organizations, even some of the small organizations mm-hmm. might be able to do this too, but the midsize organizations, once you start to have, you know, the kind of programs that have the impact in the community, if you do have program participants who are willing mm. to share their story as part of the work that you're doing, that is definitely something that you want to tap into. Usually that only happens with fundraising, you know, and that's used right. kind of in the internal communications. But those voices work really well in terms of media interviews as well. So I would also encourage organizations to look for those opportunities, look for those stories where someone whose life has been changed or someone who's been impacted by the work that that you're doing or someone who is kind of at the center of that data story that you're telling. Mm. If there's someone else that you can, if there's another voice that you can, that you can put up that just, not just and not so much adds credibility, but it just adds that heft, you know, it, yeah. it brings a sense of urgency to that story, puts a face to it and lets mm-hmm. people know, look, this is this is not just a number. We're not just out here, you know, it's human making noise yeah. for nothing. Yeah, it's human. This is happening. Mm-hmm. This is really happening in our community and, and we've got people who are living it. And it just it helps amplify as you said, and it also, it creates more reason for me to talk to you, right? Like, it's not just me as the executive director going like, oh, I have another news story. It's like, oh, wow. Hey, friend reporter, we're buddies. We've built the relationship. I now have this amazing human being who wants to share this story. And then it's just, it just builds to your point of this entire conversation of it, of it's like, it's more than just the event because your organization is more than just fundraising. You've got to show the impact and you Yes, you need to get people at your event and it's super important. And that I think what I understand from you is it's part of your news cycle as an organization, but it's not the only thing that you should be out there talking about. 
Yeah, yeah, that's right. When you think about it, like that one event, maybe you spent just one quarter, like planning and executing, mm-hmm. maybe two quarters, right? Planning right. and executing. So what about the rest of the year? Mm-hmm. You know, like, what are you doing for the rest of the year? You still got stories. You still got programs that you're running. There's still impact that you want to make. You still need people to remain engaged with your organization beyond just that event. And so if all we're doing is focusing on that, those, you know, one or two quarters when that event happens, and then after that, you know, it's all gone, everything falls by the wayside, then what happens with your organization? You fall off the radar. Mm -hmm. And that's the last thing that you want. You don't want to be off the radar in terms of the media or even social media. You don't want to be off the radar in that sense. So you want to be fostering that conversation about the work that you're doing and why all year long. I love it. When so, I love it. I think I could talk to you forever. You just have so much heart and passion for this. So anyone who needs, I feel like you are just the human to help them. What, when just tack on the tactical side, if I'm like, what are the three top tips you would offer someone in writing a media or like for a pitch? What would you tell people they need to have? So the first thing I always tell folks when they're pitching is pitch to your contact, pitch to your contacts. Don't, don't do this. Don't do the cold pitch. You can, if you want to try it, it's a huge risk or it's a huge gamble. I should say it may or may not work, but it's always better when you're pitching to people that you know, that's the first tip. Second, oftentimes the mistake that I see with pitches, press releases, is that it's just too long. I remember working with one nonprofit and honest to goodness, Amy, they had a four page press release with a QR code in the middle. And I was like, Whoa. I wouldn't have scanned that as journalist. Yeah, QR code in the middle. And I was like, like, I don't even I don't even what? know how to begin with this. <laughs> I kept oh, well, I kept geez. the original just because it was so unbelievable. So so these lengthy, you know, pitches that talk about what, but completely miss the boat on impact, that that's gotta stop. So when you're pitching, the pitch has to focus on the impact. You've got to tell me a story. Tell me a story. And I think storytelling is one of the things for nonprofit leaders. If I would encourage them to work on anything, it would be that skill. Work on that Mm -hmm. skill of of telling the story of of the people you serve and the work that your organization does. So tighten up the second tip. Tighten (laughs) up that pitch. Whether it's no four-page pitches, whether it's Yeah, the website, no four-page releases, please. Oh, my gosh. Tighten up that pitch, whether it's a press release, an email. Get to the point. Focus on the impact and hook me in right away, right from the subject line. Hook me in right away. Mm. And then I would say that last piece of advice is pay attention to, you know, the consistency, the frequency with which you're pitching. Mm. Sometimes, you know, you might pitch a story and it might not go somewhere. Mm-hmm. And that's Okay. It doesn't mean that it's not a story. Perhaps right. it means you just need to rework the pitch and, and try mm-hmm. it somewhere else. Perhaps it means that, you know, maybe there was something maybe that you missed in terms of storytelling. Mm-hmm. We can rework it and, and give it another go. But I find sometimes there's a little bit of discouragement that happens when, you know, an organization tries to tell a mm-hmm. story and, and it doesn't 
it doesn't quite land. So my advice mm-hmm. there would be just not to give up. Remain consistent in mm-hmm. your strategy of you know reaching out to the media, reaching out to non-traditional forms of media, working your social media channels as well to get mm-hmm. that attention of local media and, and even national media, drawing people into your network. Don't give up. Remain consistent. And, you know, recognizing that I know, I know it's tough, you know, when you're a small nonprofit and you're kind of doing, you're doing, a lot of small nonprofits are doing media relations off the side of their desk. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah, you're you're doing all the work and it's kind of happening off the side of your desk. So I get it. You know, Mm -hmm. I get that it's tough. But the more consistent you are, the more you'll start to see the results and those Mm -hmm. results you know, one one kind of gives birth to the other, if you will, mm-hmm. you know, like one story will give birth mm-hmm. to the other. And once you start to foster those relations, that's when you kind of start to see that, that snowball, Magic. that building effect. I love that. Thank you for sharing that expertise. And one of the things that I, I would I would add only from my coach, Jen, is that also sometimes when you get that no, it's because the news cycle, like I know that when I was pitching stories in the middle of COVID and I'm talking about how to like set your table and how to you know, entertain and still do a Zoom dinner or you could, right? And then all of a sudden it was like someone died or there was a shooting or all of a sudden I'm not overly relevant to the news cycle at that moment. And so I also found that, you know, the no, just to build on that, the no wasn't because I'm not interested in you or I don't like your story. It's just, it actually doesn't fit with what's happening right this second. And so for me, what Jen taught me was to pay attention and what I think that's interesting for as the nonprofits is that if you're paying attention to sort of what's happening, how can your, is your, is your organization relevant? Don't make it not if it's not, but where do you have something to almost like support that reporter in the stories that they're telling? Like what, what is relevant right now and how do you, and how is there possibly a story inside your org that like builds on that was something that Jen taught me that I always thought was kind of awesome. Yeah, well, and, you know, that's such a great tip. One thing I recently shared really quickly with with my mailing list was, again, recognizing that nonprofit leaders are busy mm-hmm. and you're doing a lot of things off mm-hmm. the side of your desk. You know, if, if following the news cycle is even a bit too much for you, create mm-hmm. Google alerts, you know, with Ooh. some of the keywords that relate to the work that you do and, you know, your, your sphere. Create Google alerts so that those articles will come to you. You'll start to see oh, that there was that story. There was that story. This is happening. This is what we're, you know, this is what's being talked about. And then that way you don't have to worry about trying to hit every single news, you know, news platform. Amazing. News is coming to you. Well, we're just going to drop the mic on that gold at the end of this, because as you talked about birthing a story and it births the next one, you're going to go have a human on Monday, you told me. So I feel like you also told me this might be the last work thing you do. And I am so beyond grateful that you gave us this moment in a very important time in your life to share your expertise. I've learned a lot and given me chills. This is an extraordinary way to spend an afternoon. I know people are going to want to reach out to you. So how do they get to you? How do they find you? Yeah, for sure. So I'm on LinkedIn. You can look me up as Nadia Chumi, T-C-H-O-U-M-I. You can also head over to the website at www.newhopemedia.com. .ca and that's probably the easiest way just to to reach out and get in touch. I work with a lot of nonprofits mostly in BC and Ontario for some reason, but mm-hmm. in any event, I work with a lot of nonprofits that are on the smaller side, so don't hesitate to reach out. Right. 
and do a lot of media training, which is something that I'm very passionate about, just teaching folks, demystifying the process mm -hmm. of pitching and reaching out and telling your story and how to engage and what that looks like. So if that sounds like something that your small nonprofit needs help with, I am here to help in about like six to eight weeks post baby. <laughs> yeah, I was I was waiting for that. I'm like, Joe, call her Monday. She won't be getting back to you. Well, I wish you a safe and 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 one thing I should say is we'll link all of your important information so people can find you in the show notes. I wish you a safe and beautiful delivery of welcoming this new human to your world. And I'm so grateful that we have had this opportunity to meet. And I look forward to post baby staying in touch and seeing the amazing work that you do and the stuff we can do together to support our nonprofit peeps. So thank you so much. Thanks so much for listening and doing good in the world. We see you. We can't wait for you to join us next time when we hear from another good human who will share their story along with tips and tricks that will help you execute extraordinary events that are sure to have a lasting impact on your participants, beneficiaries, donors, and colleagues. Make sure you follow Real Talk for the Nonprofit Event Pro wherever you listen to podcasts. And don't forget to rate and review the show so other nonprofit event pros just like you can find our podcast so they too can create events that matter. Tune in next week to Laugh, cry and cheer with us on another episode of Real Talk for the Nonprofit Event Pro. See you soon. Hey, good human. Are you hitting roadblocks with your events and marketing and need a bit of help to take it to the next level? We've got you. Sign up for our monthly hot seat coaching where we will answer your questions live on the podcast. That's right. You'll get to join me, Amy Milne, and my colleague, Lisa Cohen, right here on Real Talk for the Nonprofit Event Pro Podcast. And we will share our expertise to help you with your specific questions. Sound good? Great. Fill out the quick form by following the link in the show notes and we'll take it from there. We're stoked to have you on the podcast, Good Human Listener, to guide you through your current challenges. Keep it real.